This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. This is the podcast that gives you a little inside look into how entrepreneurs have built and grown their digital marketing agencies. My name is Tabitha Thomas, your host. And if this is your first time with us, welcome. Super excited to have you with us. And if I can, encourage you to go hit that subscribe button as we release new episodes each and every Tuesday. So let's get into today's episode. Today, I have with me Chris Bates. Chris is the CEO at Agora Eversold. Uh, merged company of the Agora Company and the Eversolk Group. For the past 11 years, they have provided marketing services, web development, social media, and digital marketing for businesses and industries such as healthcare, nonprofit, community banking, retail, and the list goes on and on. Established in 2009, the company is bringing over 40 years of experience and expertise to the table with each business they help. So aside from great successes at Agora Eversole, Chris has been an outreach supervisor for community counseling services, director of development for Southern Christian Services for Children and Youth, as well as an executive, executive director of the American Diabetes Association. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Tabitha, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super excited to have you. So before Agora Eversole, you were the owner of Meme Mallard, uh, which is an outdoor company. So what can you tell us about your seven-year stint owning the outdoor sporting goods business? Is it, you know, how is that so much different than owning a uh, marketing firm? Oh, man, it, it's it's a wild ride being in the retail business. That's That's for sure. Um, Tabitha, I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that if you have a, a hobby or an outdoors, something that you do that you're passionate about, be very careful going into business to do that. Because, Does your passions uh, quickly go away? <laughs> yes, because, uh, you know, the busiest time I was consumed in the store and everybody else is out hunting and doing all of that kind of stuff. So. Uh, if there was a downside to it, that was it. But uh, but it was a lot of a, a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot of fun getting to be a part of people's outdoor experiences and uh, people bringing their kids in to get their first, you know, camo boots for them and that kind of stuff. And you know the whole spectrum there. So it was uh, it was really great in a company that grew. Um, gosh, uh, a, a lot, um, up to about 45 employees and, um, you know, was, uh, was a pretty large company uh, up until 2009 when we, uh, when we sold out. Gotcha. So was being an entrepreneur something that you always thought about doing or did the idea just kind of come to you one day? I love what I do outdoors and I'm going to make this a business. I, you know, you mentioned a couple of things that were early on in my resume that I haven't even thought about in years. <laughs> um, those were those were great steps in a career path. Uh, I would say the half a decade that I was the executive director for the American Diabetes Association for, for the state uh, was probably the first time that I had really run an organization, although it was tied to, to the national obvious, uh, office, obviously. Um, and I think that's what gave me that entrepreneurial bug um, gotcha. to actually have a staff of my own and my own goal sets and the opportunities to to grow an organization. Um, and man, that was, gosh, 
20, almost 25 years ago and haven't slowed down since because I think that was my, I was able to find that, that entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. um, then with, with owning and, and running the outdoor store and then starting an agency. And I, I can't imagine doing otherwise, Tabitha. Yeah. So what, so what made you leap from owning an outdoor store to own or to switching to owning a digital agency, a marketing agency? How did that, cause those seem very, very different. Yeah. <laughs> so how did that switch happen? Well, you know, all of those years as a nonprofit executive and then owning a, a, an outdoor store, the commonality in it was that I always did all my own marketing. Okay. Um, now I, I'm not a designer. I'm not a developer. Um, I'm, I guess I, I know those parts of our digital marketing world, mm -hmm. of our marketing world, um, but, but the strategy and, and mm -hmm. at that time, media placement and, um, you know, all of those things and uh, developing offers and, and having a real marketing strategy behind the whole thing was one of the things that I loved the most in all of those, those career steps. And so when, uh, when I sold the store in 2009, that was an opportunity for me to completely reevaluate things. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I had a couple of different people approach me about helping them with their marketing because they knew that I had always done that part of it. So it, I guess that kind of began a consulting role doing that. And it didn't take me very long, Tabitha, for the wheels to start turning and go, man, maybe I can turn this into something mm -hmm. and actually do marketing for other people by bringing the, at that time, you know, a couple of decades worth of experience in running organizations and, and the realization that, man, if I had had somebody to help me the way I now wanted to help people with their marketing, uh, it would have been completely invaluable. And, um, you know, and, and that was really the beginning of the proliferation of social media and mm -hmm. uh, web as we know it today. Um, and, you know, uh, so, so it really began to evolve from there. That's awesome. So, you know, one of the big questions that we get asked a lot uh, by people that are starting their first agency is what did the first six months of running that agency look like? Because everybody loves talking about the the beautiful, the, the years down the road when everything's working smoothly, but nobody really likes to talk about the ugly, <laughs> the ugly first six months. So what did that look like when you're first getting it started? Yeah, a, a leap of faith, first of all. Uh, because, you know, again, I was at an evaluation point and when I realized and my, my, my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, when I, I told her, I, I really think I can turn this into something mm -hmm. and she had the faith in me to do that. But you're talking about the ugly part. This was setting up a desk on my back porch and taking a, gosh, at that point, what was like a five-year-old crappy $350 laptop. And that was the company yeah. you know, at, at that point. Granted, I had a lot of business connections, but I had no concept of developing an expert niche mm -hmm. into a certain industry. I had no concept of all of that. The only thing I knew that I wanted to do was to help other business owners, you know, and, and through marketing. And I knew that I wanted to help that much. 
I had no idea how to price. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I remember sitting there at that old laptop going, what, what do I even charge? How do you come up? Is it an hourly rate? Is it a package deal for accomplishing X over this three month period or whatever it was? Mm -hmm. And I, I think I honestly kind of tried all of those, Tabitha, and uh, just trying to, to figure out what worked. Um, I do know this, I dramatically undercharged. Um, you know, I, I was scared to death to, to throw out a, a, a larger number. Mm -hmm. um, I pursued opportunities with anybody that had a checkbook, you know, at that point. And that was kind of what you, you, you made. Yeah. It's that, man, it's that rough start. I'd love it to is. say I made a decision and I ran into some, you know, $20,000 a month contract. And, but, you know, that didn't happen. It, it no. was literally calling and scratching. But those are the things that built you into who you are today and the agency that you are today, because you were able to fill your way through it a little bit. Um, so that's, that's incredible. So how did it go from, from, you know, just you to building the agency to where you had, you know, a few employees under you and then merge with another agency? What did the process look like? How many years was that? And, and how did you guys grow that? Gradual is, is the answer to the question. You know, I, I, I love uh, the entrep entrepreneurial uh, big, big lofty goal there of the overnight success. Yeah. And, you know, the truth is that only takes about a decade. Mm -hmm. and, um, so, you know, for me, it was building to the point that I finally had to hire a designer part time because, you know, I was outsourcing several different places and I was like, you know, I've got to come up with some consistency here and somebody I can turn to. And if a client needs something tomorrow, I need somebody in-house to, to do that. So when I couldn't afford it, I, I took the big, you know, leap of faith and hired somebody part-time. And then mm, three, four, maybe five months later, made them full-time. And then that started to grow a little bit. Um, a couple of years into it, it, it came to the point that if it was going to grow into something, I had to find a way to do that that was not all about me being the, the producer of the work. So that turned into hiring a project manager, which was going to be the big you know, growth step to let me step back just a little bit to work on the business rather than in the business and that turned out to be the, the right move. I started to say that had to have been the big turning point because it, you as one person can only do so much. Yes, that was a huge turning point. So at that point, I, I got to turn some of the production, even the client relationship part over to a project manager who started handling the strategy and the client communications and the, the design and the proofs and all of that kind of stuff and let me start to focus more on business development mm -hmm. and um, on some of the bigger picture things. So yes, that was a huge turning point, you know, and then, you know, looking up here, we are another five years past that. So uh, 11 years from the beginning of Agora uh, to now, um, what we had started to do was looking for industries to, to kind of niche into where do we become experts? 
and an opportunity a few years ago came along to have some strategic partnership work with the Eversol Group, mm-hmm. who uh, had been around at that point for 23 years and did nothing but community bank marketing. Um, very niched, very good at what they did at, or do, and um, but entirely focused around traditional marketing services. Okay, and so their clients started asking for a website or social media management or digital ad campaigns and on and on and on. So we started partnering and after about a year of that, it just made sense. It was a great fit in lots of ways for us to talk about merging and we did as of January 1st of this year. And uh, so we went from five to 11 on the team and um, you know, even in the craziness of 2020 have actually continued to grow. Well, that's incredible. That's incredible. And I'm sure there were some hurdles when it comes from being the sole owner and this is my company to suddenly being in a partnership. So what was some of the hurdles that you faced um, going from a one-man ship or a one-man team, not team, you have a team, but a one-man person to to a partner? I had always held the reins. You know, when you're an entrepreneur and when you're doing it on your own, um, you are HR, you are accounting, you are legal, you are business development, you are, you know, it's all these different hats. And in the mm-hmm. course of a, I was going to say an eight hour day, but there weren't many of those in the <laughs> course of a 10, 11 hour average day, um, you wear all of those hats at, at, at different points during the day. And so to answer your question, the challenge for me was to begin to let go of that. The, the delegation, um, the realizing that by hiring the right kind of people, I needed to develop the trust to let them go do what they do best. Mm-hmm. And the more that I have been able to do that and then go focus on the things that should fall within my job description, yeah. uh, the better that things have been. That's probably been my biggest challenge. They would all tell you I'm a, I try to be a recovering micromanager. Um, you know, and it's, it, it, it's tough. Yeah. Um, I'm not a um, sit idly by and, and watch things. Um, you know, more of a proactive, very action oriented person. So that, that's been a, you know, a, a big challenge. And the other one that comes to mind for us too is that I came out of the retail world where everything was on large lines of credit and all about debt and we owned the property and we did all this kind of stuff. Um, and I, I, Agora and now Agora Eversol uh, has grown out of no debt. That um, is awesome. I did have a, a, a small investment partner for a while that was, that was key and huge and the right thing to do. Uh, but other than that, you know, we've done it with, with no debt and came into this merger that way and um, with a like-minded partner. So, you know, those, those were challenges to overcome at times as well. That's incredible. You've got to sleep better at night knowing that you are that kind of company, that you don't have a lot of debt that's over you. That's, that's, you got to sleep in a different way. <laughs> and, and yes, I've changed worries. How about that? <laughs> Always going to be worries, but that's not one of them right now. So that's right. 
So working with businesses in so many different industries, is there a favorite that stands out to you or a favorite type or even a particular success story that springs to mind? Uh, you've, I mean, you've got a wide array of things that you've done. So is there something in there that, uh, that has been your favorite? You know, the great thing about our primary areas of expertise now, which are working with community banks, and then we also work with a number of healthcare uh, clients as well, mm -hmm. uh, is that the deeper we've gotten into that, the better that we've gotten in serving those clients in each of those industries. So I guess what, what turns on in my mind when you ask what is the favorite is that once we started to dive deeper and become, I guess, more of, of a set of experts in those industries, it becomes more fun because the question marks begin to disappear about how to be successful for a client. Mm -hmm. and, and then really how to take that client to the next level in things like uh, gaining market share in a new metro area for that client or, um, you know, helping a healthcare client uh, grow a new clinic area or bring in new patients, those types of things. Um, and and with banking, it's not a rapidly changing industry, but it is a highly competitive industry. That it is. Um, yeah. That it is. So, so true. So going into the agency side of things, how does your company set out to reach new clients and are, are clients mostly coming to you or are you guys doing a lot of outreach? You know, over the years we have, I think, built uh, so many relationships, fortunately, that we do have a fairly steady referral base. However, um, the Eversole Group and all of its years of experience in banking had become the uh, endorsed marketing provider agency for a number of the state banking associations. Nice. So as we merged, we merged into that and really all over the Southeast, we are the endorsed marketing provider for a number of the state banking associations. So for us, um, of course, normally and in the past that has been going to conferences, um, my stage time has increased uh, over the, over recent years and doing a lot of presentations and workshops and those types of things. Now, obviously, a lot of that's going digital. And yeah, <laughs> uh, a lot more podcasts now. You got it. A lot more podcasts, but webinars and, and, and those types of things as well. And, and we're looking at even on the healthcare side, you know, how to do more and more of that as well uh, with a constantly evolving climate that we're all in um, as, uh, as things have changed so much for us this year. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, can you walk us through, this is a question that we get a lot, is what does the onboarding process look like for new clients? So what does the Agora Eversoles process for onboarding new clients look like for you guys? Well, during the business development, and then we're pretty adamant about a discovery process. Okay. Um, during business development with a new client, normally we have a decent bit of information, uh, but just me or just me plus one of our other folks are really the only ones that know and understand a little bit about that client when it's time to do onboarding. So the first thing that we do is introduce the team. Um, and because our clients are mostly all over the Southeast and we're working with banks all over the place, 
usually that's a Zoom call or a teleconference or whatever the case may be, um, so that they get to know our people. And that's actually a lot of fun for me because I, it gives me an opportunity to brag on our team members and to talk about how great our, our social media management uh, team is or our, uh, our developer and digital services manager and those, you know, and, and our designers and introduce them to a new client so that they begin to develop a relationship with mm -hmm. them. And so that they have a level of confidence that they know who they're talking to when they want to throw out their ideas about a new design, you know, for a campaign or whatever the case may be. Um, and then it's moving them right into our system, which includes monthly recurring check-in meetings. So I realize that's kind of walking right through the onboarding process and into that, but moving them into a routine, mm -hmm. Tabitha, is what helps to get them into our system. And I really believe that so much of our value to clients is that a lot of times we really do know what they need and mm -hmm. they don't even know what that is, you know, so they may think they're just hiring us to whatever, you know, mm -hmm. help with their, their, their local traditional advertising and their social media. But what we're actually doing is engaging in a relationship with them to do those things plus much more from a strategic mm -hmm. perspective to help them grow their brand, market share, all those types of things. So transposing that information and kind of pulling back the curtain is I think the most important part of our onboarding process. Awesome. So you talked about onboarding them into your system. So what type of softwares do you guys use in your company currently for things like web development and digital marketing and things like that? Sure. Um, Teamwork is our project management system. Um, mm -hmm. we, we vetted um, lots and lots of them. Look at Basecamp and, and you know, there's lots of other ones out there. Um, and there are other communication tools that, that feed into that. Um, mm -hmm. Teamwork for us has been a key item. Uh, we mainly use that for internal purposes. We don't hook a lot of external um, clients into that, uh, although that, that is one of the things that can be done. But for us, it's, it's that system of the monthly check-in, which consists of reporting Mm -hmm. um, and all kind of the, the, the looking back over what we've been doing and then the proactive planning and looking at what's the month ahead, the quarter ahead, and how does that feed into the big picture strategy of what it is that they're trying to do. If the client has, um, you know, a new product or service that's going to be announced forthcoming, those types of things. Um, then we actually have weekly service team uh, check-in meetings as well. And that's where we get to close the door without our clients in the room and talk about those strategies mm -hmm. and really figure that out. And then how each of our team members then engage back with the client, um, you know, in, in turn. So those types of processes for us and, and you know, we, we're covering creative or web updates or you know, a new social ad strategy or whatever the case may be, really as a team together, um, then taking that back to the client and saying, you know, our team has, has really planned this out as part of your strategy for the next month, quarter, half a year. And here's why we think this needs to be the case for you. So uh, getting them on board with that system 
is very different than onboarding a new client and then waiting for them to say, hey, here's what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, we operate on our toes uh, as uh, we operate, you know, as best possible and perform well for our clients when we're on our toes. Mm-hmm. And if we're on our heels being reactive, um, we're not as good for them, for sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So is there one piece of advice that you give out the most often, something that's rung true to you from the very beginning? Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) That's a loaded question, isn't it? You know, the the premise under which I started doing marketing consulting and then, you know, built built it into um, what it was and then the merger and all that was that if you're going to hire us, um, trust us. So um, while uh, I, I have no business doing our corporate taxes, I hire a CPA to do that. And that individual is an expert and I'm willing to pay them money to do that. So I try really hard not to tell them, you know, how to do their job or, or hiring an attorney, mm-hmm. you know, um, when they're doing a business setup or a corporate, what, whatever you're maybe hiring an attorney for, they went to law school. I'm hiring them because they have expertise in this area. I don't have any business telling them the law and and how to do things. So I think that one piece of advice, Tabitha, would be if you're hiring us as a marketing agency to grow your business, then let us do that with you and alongside you and, and in a true partnership. And that partnership comes from you as the business owner or the CEO of the bank, or, you know, a physician, you have the vision. And then bring us into that vision and let us help market your business to help you get where you're going to go and trust us to to do that process well. So I I think that would be that one big piece of advice um, that, that I like to try to give. And I know that helps us to operate at our best. Yeah, that's a good piece of advice. Good piece of advice. So do you have any other uh, businesses or projects or organizations that you would like to uh, tell us about? Oh, gosh, uh, as if this one is is enough. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things that matters the most to our entire team through and through is service. And um, so engaging in our clients Granted, we're behind the curtain a lot of times, but our clients and helping them with um, their community involvement, and you know, and especially through things like like social and, and how tech and and their marketing can weave into that. Mm-hmm. So uh, and how they're making a difference in um, missions and programs and communities and you know impacting lives. Um, we, we get to kind of stand behind our clients and watch them succeed in that. So we're not always the forefront of it, Tabitha. Um, but I think that that secondhand participation and making a difference in a lot of lives, it is, is so much of what brings us joy. Um, you know, and, and then personally, you know, gosh, uh, my, my involvement in, um, you know, some, some different missions and ministries is a big part of, of who I am, for sure. Um, 
think a lot of that comes out of my years in nonprofit administration um, and, and liking to try to give back in every way possible is, uh, is something very important to me personally as well. You know, somebody asked me once on a different podcast is, you know, you, you interview all these entrepreneurs, what's the one common thread that all of them have? And it's that they care about people and they want to help people. Every single person that I've ever talked to, that's been the main core thing. They may have different aspects of different things, but the one core thing in their being was that they want to help people. So that's rings so true. So, so very true. Absolutely. So, I think that's so much of why we're in this industry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Any industry, I think that uh, you got to be out there to help people. If not, you're not going to make it. <laughs> so one of the last questions that I always like asking, is there anything right now that you are reading or listening to that's helping you grow as a business owner or as an entrepreneur? You know, uh, I really am a podcast fan and I'm not saying that because we're on one. Um, <laughs> because you know, when I'm, I'm running back and forth, uh, to the office early morning and in the evenings and, um, you know, or, or weekend trips and those types of things. Um, fortunately, in addition to yours, there are a lot of great resources out there, even just in the marketing realm. Yep. So I do love listening to podcasts. Um, I am rereading traction, uh, by Gina Wickman. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I love about that and, and a lot of marketing, uh, and, and industry related books like that is the establishment of systems. So yeah. I, I like to learn from others that have put systems into place that work and mm -hmm. then figure out how to apply them here, you know, is a, is a really big one. Um, and then the last piece of it is I have just started listening to, uh, covert cows. Um, I've not heard of that one. Yeah. Steve Robinson. Um, okay. who was the chief marketing officer for Chick-fil-A and okay. um, it, it's on audible. And so I've started listening to that and man, you want to talk about, um, I guess the ideal merge of, of marketing with purpose. Um, and, and that's so much of what drives me. So I, I'll let you know how it turns out, but I'm, I'm enjoying listening to that one. They have, they used to do put something on called the Chick-fil-A leader cast that I went to every year. It was a virtual conference type thing. And it was incredible. The people that they would bring on and just their whole philosophy behind business is it, And I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud to everyone else. I'm not a fan of the chicken, <laughs> but I, yeah, I know. <laughs> My husband, my kids think I'm nuts, but, uh, but I love their business philosophy. So I go there anytime I get a chance, even though I'm not a huge fan of the food. I know that's blasphemy. And then <laughs> hey, that, that's all right. We have a, all have our own taste, but yeah, it, it's, hard <laughs> to, it's hard to argue with their, their principles and oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, their customer service, everyone can learn something about their customer service for yeah. sure. So, uh, where can people learn more about you and about the agency? I, you know, um, I definitely want to invite people to come to our website to agoraeversold.com. Uh, that's a great way to uh, read up on our team, kind of who they are, what they do. Um, you know, look, look at our client portfolio a little bit and um, learn a bit, a little bit about how we do things. Uh, our services that are segmented into uh, traditional marketing, social media, web, digital advertising, SEO work that we do and kind of how we do each of those buckets of service 
So yeah, uh, definitely, um, you know, uh, engage with our social media and, um, you know, learn more about us. We're certainly an open book. I don't envision other people in this industry as competitors. Um, I, I think that's a very uh, short-sighted way to, to look at other people in the industry. Um, I, I talk to what I guess technically we could call competitors um, and, and other folks in the industry on a regular basis. I've got, I've got a couple, as a matter of fact, that we have monthly check-in calls and we share information and, and approaches and one of them is even in community banking. It's just in a different part of the country. So I think that type of engagement and, and idea and success sharing is, is a great way to be. So yeah. That only helps grow both of you guys, which is incredible. So yeah. all right. Well, Chris, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I've enjoyed uh, getting to chat with you, a fellow Southerner. So it's been nice. There you go. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.